What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with your data-driven daily tip. Today, we're going to do a little bit different exercise on the podcast than we normally do. Instead of doing a traditional data-driven daily tip um, on how to do something on your website or digital marketing strategy or custom software application, we're just going to talk about a concept. This is a concept I've been wanting to do a data-driven daily tip on for quite some time. and it's called What's an MVP? Um, I'm a big sports fan, and, and so if you're a sports fan, you might be thinking most valuable player. But um, in, the, in the software development world and product development world, we call an MVP, um, it's, it's an abbreviation for minimum viable product. And it's a very important concept for entrepreneurs and business owners to understand when they're making an investment in a software um, application of, of any sort. And really, it, its concept is implemented by the top software companies in the world. So Google, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, um, all of the top software companies in the world, even, even the, the uh, lesser known ones like Anchor, the one that I'm using right now, for example, um, for this podcast. Uh, it's been recently acquired by Spotify. And and Anchor's done a nice job. When they first rolled out, they had, you know, only the ability to do maybe two or three different things on the mobile app. And then they added the ability to do about 14 or 15 more things over the next year as they grew out their audience and understood what their audience was looking for and what would be valuable for their audience. And then they added, you know, the capabilities of doing thing on doing things on desktop um, in addition to mobile. So they started with mobile. They didn't allow any real functionality on desktop, and then they added desktop. They added things like messages, transitions, sponsorships, the ability to have a, a support support the podcast via you know monetarily. So they started with a minimum viable product. And I'm going to use another example, which is our software product, the data-driven design called Ask Data-Driven Design. It happens to be an Alexa skill specifically that right now integrates with Google Analytics. And all it does right now in its minimum viable product or MVP is it allows a user to create an account and connect their Google account to their account and then download the Alexa skill called Ask Data-Driven Design from the Alexa store that's published in the Alexa skills store. And then once those three steps have been completed, it allows the user to ask four questions um, to Alexa about their web traffic. It allows uh, the user to ask, um, how is my overall web traffic? What is my overall site bounce rate? What are my top viewed pages? And where is most of my web traffic coming from? That's it, it's those four questions. And the even the question uh, even the answer to all four questions is limited really just to the last 30 days of data. Um, and that's it. I mean, it, uh, any of you who've looked into Google Analytics or any other data platform, you guys probably know, like, this could go so deep into what this Alexa skill can do. But we needed to, we needed to get it out tested and get it out and have people use it. And the original users of the skill 
are going to get probably pretty bored with it quickly once they start using it. But but the beauty of a minimum viable product is we were able to get it out the door several months ago, get people using it, start promoting it, and have it be a real thing um, that people can can interact with. And now we're already uh, in phase two of development, about to roll out Google Analytics e-commerce and conversion goal integration, which basically means we're expanding the amount of questions that the user can ask Alexa about their web traffic and their Google Analytics data. So they're going to be able to ask um, about their e-commerce data. They're going to be able to ask about how many conversions they got in the last 30 days. And from what referral sources did those conversions come in at? So if they're running Google AdWords campaigns, they're going to be able to ask, uh, they're going to be able to find out what keyword has generated the most conversions. And so um, we're able to launch this minimum viable product with only these four core questions and then add on top of it. And I think the point that I want to make for all of you out there, if you're thinking about now you might you might work for another company right now. You might have a dream of having a side hustle and breaking away from that company one day and maybe starting your own product, um, software as, as a service product, and whatever whatever it is, whatever you whatever role you have um, within a software application or even a website. To be honest, a website can have a minimum viable product. It can start as we just want one landing page you know, that, that shows our value proposition. And then we want to add the ability for people to purchase a product later or order something online or add a membership site to it, add a forum to it, um, add a quiz to it to, you know, to gain information um, from our users and things like that. So whatever your role is out there, I would just highly encourage you to consider starting with a minimum viable product because it, 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 there's no reason why any good software or web development company can't roll out something small for you to test at a lower budget and then add, add on top of that later rather than try and do everything all at once. Um, and it's a mindset shift because a lot of you are going to want to add all of the features in at once and say, well, we can't live without this one thing right now. Our users are going to need it. Well, I think it's acceptable to tell your users, we don't have it yet. Um, we want you to try this and we want it. We're, your feedback is valuable to us on how we add our next thing. And we want to add something the right way for you. So, and that, that is real, that's authentic. And um, I think, you know, just to be honest with you, that's the way that the best software development companies in the world have done it. Uh, sometimes it's called agile development. Sometimes it's called sprint planning. Um, but it's starting with a minimum viable product is the concept. However, whatever software development approach and process that you use, the minimum viable product concept at the beginning can apply to this. And so um, if you continue listening on to, the, to this episode of the Data Driven Daily Tip podcast, you will hear a couple ads from... Uh, from myself reading advertisers, uh, I'd encourage you to listen to those real quick because it really helps um, helps my business if you listen to those ads. And then at the end of those ads, there'll be a bonus bonus content um, from an interview that I did with the head of Amazon Alexa, Dave Izbitsky. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate your support. This has been your data-driven daily tip. 
If you want to do business with me, email me at paul at datadriven.design. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks and have a great day. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everybody, welcome. It's a special edition of the Data-Driven Daily Tip. I'm Paul Hickey, and I have a special guest with me today, Dave Izbitsky. He's the chief evangelist for Alexa at Amazon. He's also a keynote speaker, podcaster, voice designer, and uh, you can check out more about Dave at thedavedev.com. And uh, Dave, welcome. We rarely have guests on the podcast, but uh, you're, you're the main man uh, with Alexa. So could you tell us, actually, before we get started, could you tell us sure. about the chief evangelist? Because I think it's a cool title. How did you, how did you get that? Oh, it's funny. It's, uh, oh gosh, like going back. So I've been at Amazon six years, but it was at Microsoft six, almost seven. So now this is going back 13 years. I was chief evangelist gaming when I was there too. And, you know, I, and for those that don't know me, it's, it's funny because like, I'm not big in titles at all. In fact, for, for when people find me on Twitter, the past two years, it's been assistant to the regional manager which is from Office Space, if you know Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute. Um, and yeah. so it's, it's basically, I'm just one of those really fortunate folks where I figured out what I loved doing and um, I had a passion for, and I've been fortunate to work with companies that I think. And so it's not like it's a role that's, uh, it, it's unique. Right, it's always been unique. It's not like it's a it's a PM role or a BDM role. Um, I love like you were talking about how many people in your agency. Like I love small, scrappy startup kind of culture, and that's what the role basically is. So in the beginning, it was you know I was employee one in the Alexa skills marketing. So it was figuring out what is this thing even. I mean, I remember in 2014 looking at the first device. Uh, had it in my house and I was like, wow, I'm talking to this a lot. And the whole idea of ambient computer and back in 2014, everything, I mean, to go back in time, right? Everything was hashtag IOT, right? Like nobody was saying smart speaker, ambient computing. So back then it was like, what is this thing? Um, how can we help people with this? And we knew early on that we weren't going to be able to teach Alexa everything. But when we launched, we did not have Alexa skills kit, you know, we, we, we knew we were, it was something that we wanted to plan to do, but we didn't have it. And so a lot of that was figuring that up. So you'll see like early videos of me is just kind of like this, just wrapping, turning on my webcam and just wrapping with people, whether it was devs or brands and even like it was super cool to see enthusiasts. People are like, I've got an echo and they would come and ask questions. And, and so like, um, in my heart, I'm just a community builder. I'm a believer in, in long-term relationships. So for a lot of folks, I've been the same face for Alexa for them now for six years um, and uh, just empowering folks, right? Figuring out if anything, <laughs> it's, it, it's like Tom Delane from uh, Blink-182 said this is like, I'm a messenger. That's what I feel that I am too. That's, I, I, can, I can like grok tech stuff, kind of figure out what does that mean for a normal human being 
and that's all I'm good at, right? So whether that's uh, on stage at a keynote or doing a podcast or doing social media, that's kind of the stuff. And so I've been fortunate that that's my role. And so lately it's been a lot of brand stuff. So you'll see me like helping brands figure out what does this all mean? You know, it's not a smart speaker revolution. It's basically about connecting to your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's conversational, right? It's, it's really what this whole voice thing's about. But uh, uh, a lot of like in the internal Amazon stuff is like incubating new areas. So you'll see me a lot of Alexa for business stuff um, and other just, you know, getting, getting teams off the ground. Uh, and so I love it. You yeah. know, <laughs> that's awesome. I love, that was one of the things that attracted me to you is your high energy. And, and I can tell you're passionate about what you do. So <laughs> oh, thanks, man. And it's not, it's not just this about like Alexa, it's about everything. Like I'm one of those, if you look at personality types, like I have high enthusiasm, but I also have high assertiveness and like really uh, high open to new experiences. So it basically means I find what's ever new and cool. And then I go tell everybody they should be doing that yeah. until I find the next new thing. Right. So it's not just tech. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's exciting times. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Of course. Really appreciate it. So a co- one thing that you mentioned made me think of something I wanted to ask you, and that's uh, the Alexa developers console and platform seems to be highly engaging in terms of encouraging and empowering developers to get into the, get into the platform. And um, I think you guys do a great job of incentivizing anybody really to learn how to build a skill and you're very encouraging uh in terms of um like you said building a community really is is what it feels like to me so before we get into kind of how businesses i want to talk to you about how businesses can use alexa because i'm intrigued by alexa for business but before we get into that maybe talk about how the alexa developers community is coming along and and what that's like to kind of build that out and incentivize people to be using the skills kit. Yeah, I would say this in 2019. And so for those folks who don't know, um, you know, an Alexa skills kit is basically you're teaching Alexa how to have a conversation about something. And so that is ask or Alexa skills kit. We also have the Alexa voice service where you put Alexa in the things. So you may have seen that there's even uh, windows. There's a, you know, I, I used to work on Windows 8 uh, when I was at Microsoft, you know, with the Windows Store. So there is a Windows Store app there that you can now talk to Alexa. Uh, You know, it's on iPhone, Android, but there's also, you know, Alexas and cars and and stereos and refrigerators. So there's all of that. And basically a skill, just like, you know, if we were going to have a conversation about something, there's a lexicon of terms. We need to know like fitness, we need to know base metabolic rate and, um, you know, what's our heart rate zone, so that kind of stuff, right? And so that's whether you are a developer or a brand or anybody, when I look at uh, building a skill, I, I look at it as anybody should be able to teach Alexa about anything. And one of the things that I'm really excited about personally is probably in about past 18 months, I think is when we launched it. Uh, if you go to blueprints.amazon.com is you can actually create your own interaction with Alexa. And so it's basically a visual tool for creating a skill. And now you can share those. And so, for example, you, you could, we did about two years ago where you could make Alexa remember things like what's my Wi-Fi password and, you know, dad jokes, that kind of stuff. But now you can actually make a full conversation around 
making fun of dad or like real stuff like how does the how does the babysitter with your kids like you know what time do the kids go to bed ask the you know ask the babysitter or or uh, my parents are older so like information that they may need to remember and things like that right and then you can share those with other folks and so that's uh blueprints.amazon.com and then if you are a developer or maybe you're a brand who has an agency that you're working with. What's really, what I, you know, I've been doing this for now, oh, oh gosh, when did I start? Professionally, I started in 96, but I've kind of gone, you know, as a kid, I, I did computing on Commodore and, uh, you know, even before DOS. And it's always been about the tech getting in the way, right? It was like, it was just trying to figure out a way a machine could get some type of input. And what's, different now is that it's the first time we've had there's two things and i want you to think about this don't don't miss this catch this is that one as a human being you have the latest version there's never been that right think about that we've always had to we've had even back in the day you, you always had to upgrade windows <laughs> or dos to use the latest stuff like people who have an echo um, like my parents still have the original one and they use it. My dad tells me about it and he's not technical at all. He's never used a computer. Um, and so that's always the latest version. And when you're a brand, it's like a brick and mortar store, right? Like you walk into a brick and mortar store, it's the latest version of that culture and what the company wants to say at any time. But tech's never been that way. And so that's what's super exciting about that space is it's that way. And then from the person who's creating this, you never have to worry about deploying that thing, right? And worrying about a different version to maintain, it's basically the maintainability of the web, but the discoverability of an app store and humans telling each other. Because mm -hmm. it's like, even when Twitter launched, they, they, they did a tweet with, with the skills, ask Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like your marketing can just be, this is what you say. And also when you're creating this, I, at least in recent history, I've never been as a part of a platform where it's no longer about the technical side because this is the same. I mean, you've built a scale, so you know. Underneath it, and, and I, uh, I like to just say this, is that think of voice like HTML. It's just a way of capturing the human voice into some programmatic way, right? Like it's just the interface. Nothing on the server side is changing. So if you've got web developers, guess what? nothing's changed. You tap into the same API. If you've got mobile devs, it's the same API. If you've got client server stuff from 50 years ago and you've got an API, it's the same thing, right? It's the only thing that's changing is Alexis having a conversation with a human being and then deciding what API is to call, right? And so there's no training for people. I mean, gosh, you think about 30 years of tech, right? Every time there's something new, you got to learn it. <laughs> you got to train your devs. Like I would talk to brands all the time and they're like, Yay, we get to learn an entirely new language or an entirely new way. Like, there's none of that now. So yeah. you spend most of your time just figuring out what's the right conversation. And that, to me, is where it should be along, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And I think, uh, so I think there's, like, this interesting thing also about um, the space that we're talking about with, with Alexa where you have um, – multiple levels of to me there's multiple levels of understanding what it is and what it can be and it's it's exciting to be kind of um figuring it all out right and so you being at the forefront of you know pounding the pavement talking to people being visible trying things understanding you know what what it can be and what it, what it's going to be 
I'm excited to kind of get your take on a few different things. And one of them is related to an article that you posted a link to on LinkedIn uh, maybe a couple months ago. And it was basically talking about some data around how uh, the amount of users have increased, the amount of skills have increased. It came from business.com, I think. And um, it also um, kind of alluded to, you know, it had some data points in around like the amount of active users on Alexa enabled devices versus the previous year and things like that. And so I'm wondering just like in the process of educating our audience, small business owners, mid-level marketing, mid-level company marketing teams, small marketing teams, they're always dealing with the challenges of, um, I think they're always kind of catching up in terms of their digital strategy. Uh, my experience is that um, everyone's still trying to figure out how to grow their audience and that's always changing. And so we think about frictionless and we think about audience attention. And so how, how would you describe the current landscape of the voice space and Alexa and building say an Alexa skill or an Alexa flash briefing skill. How would you kind of describe it to a small business owner who's still trying to wrap their mind around like all the things that they need to do on a daily basis and their website and their social media strategy. How would you describe to them how um, this device or this platform or other platforms like it can help them conduct their business or grow their business. Yeah, you know, it's been the same way through everything, through when web came out and I got to work on that. I used to, I used to work at uh, MacWarehouse.com, which competed with Amazon.com back in like 96 and, uh, you know, doing mobile and just, you know, the, a small business, is, it's, it's running its own business. Why should it care about tech? Right? It's just another thing. Why should it care about social media? I mean, you care about customer acquisition and retention. And, right? and, and so what I tell people, whether it's, and by the way, yes, I work for Amazon and on Alexa, but this is bigger than all of that. Um, this is the way that human beings are going to be interfacing with the technology around us moving forward. It's not a smart speaker revolution. It's a human being revolution, I, I like to think about it. And it's inclusive. So it's not, oh, you've got the latest phone and you know how to install apps, you get to interact with us. No, it's just talk to us, which is what companies want anyway, right? We just haven't been able to give them that in the tech field. And so the way I, I say is like, look, this is, don't look at this as new customer acquisition, although th there are certain de certainly devices out there. We do, uh, just to give you some numbers, like we announced there's over 100 million Alexa-enabled devices. Um, there's over 80,000 skills now you know, hundreds of thousands of developers using it. Three out of four people in the U.S. have used the skill. So you're seeing that momentum, but I think that'll just take care of itself naturally across everything because if you've ever used a device like this, you know it's, as, as we are in human beings, we just get used to stuff the way that we build up the neural pathways. You know, when you, when you give a piece of glass in front of you now, you want to tap on it because you're used to your phone and your tablet. Just that, that switch will happen to you, by the way, when it comes to voice. So you'll be traveling in a hotel and you'll say Alexa or another assistant and she's not there. Or you'll be in the car and say, and that, so there's something very powerful. It becomes the first choice to do things because nothing's faster than just asking for that. And so what I would tell a company like that is know your customer. You know, if, if you know that your customers are, they have smart speakers at home like this or they're starting to use this, 
hey, you know, I, we're starting to see skills. You could just order stuff, you know, just eat. And even Domino's, you could do, we have Friday night pizza night here in my house. And so I'll just say, you know, ask Domino's for my easy order and you're done, right? Um, so there's something very powerful, but also for small businesses is just having a conversation without talking to someone, but you're talking to that brand. So I could say, hey, what's your specials this week? Or what was that thing I ordered from you six months ago? Mm -hmm. Right? Do you have anything like that now? It's all the stuff that you you know when when you when you build these applications, I like to think of them as on ramps. And so what you're doing is you're forcing a human being to try and think the way that you've actually coded a computer. Mm -hmm. And that's and and that's really not what you want. You want to actually hear from your customer in the moment what's on their mind. Yeah. And you know that's where this changes. And in fact, we're seeing all sorts of companies that are now they're looking at skills, the, the actual ratings, what people are asking for. I mean, Capital One did that with uh, car payments, just showing up, then people asking, you know? And so that is the huge thing. One is if you don't have that, like if you're a company that grew up on the internet, maybe you don't even have a help desk. Maybe it's just email support. You've never talked to your customer. So what would they say if they could ask anything, you know? And uh, I mean, that's the reason, this, even putting stuff in, when you get it, you know, works with Alexa certified, all that, we're not, charging for any of this the idea here is that it's it's just like you wouldn't charge for html right it's, it's about making tech easier for everyone to use yeah. and inclusive and when you do that i mean amazon will benefit the whole industry will benefit we'll all benefit yeah uh and so it's just this natural flywheel i think and you start to see that move across all things and so what will happen is even as a small business um you know, voice shopping is another thing that you'll, you'll see on the rest. So if somebody's on their phone, they're going to do it. But it's all about speed, right? Nothing's going to beat speed for voice. Yeah. And, and, you know, even not, I've started to see things like you'll walk in. Uh, maybe you have an area in an actual store where you can see things. And so now you can just ask, right? Versus you'd be surprised. I mean, and, and my, not to pick, I'll, I'll pick on my, uh, my wife a little bit because she's not here. But she's, she's always been a huge uh, so she can hear me. She's always been a huge germaphobe, which I love about her. Um, but so she'll not touch like a kiosk, right? Because other people have touched it. Uh -huh. But voice isn't, you're not touching anything. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're just asking and you're having a conversation. And, and so it's a, I remember, here's a little anecdote. It was like 2014 or 2015. I won't say the, the airline, but it was a huge airline uh, contacted me, uh, head of their technology, and was like, you know, we just rolled out a system on iPads. And when you do that, right, like there's, there's a learning curve. And so there's always that expert that knows how to do it. You know, so it's like you're trying to book a customer. It's like, hey, you know, so-and-so, how do I get to the booking screen, blah, blah, blah. And so they were like, we just want a whole bunch of echoes because that becomes, so it's like these scenarios in business, are, you know, you even you might see something like that. I saw that when computers were just starting to get into stores and they would have like Macs or early PCs and people were like, I have no idea how to use this accounting software to like check you out, right? And then there'd always be the person going, oh, well, you have to hit F10 and then you'd see like the keyboard shortcuts and I've, I'm starting to see, you know, smart speakers like that even inside little stores as a way to figure stuff out because you're just talking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we, you know, we have some clients that, that uh, have, you know, retail locations, like a convenience store that has like 70 locations around Middle Tennessee. And so, you know, talking to them about, okay, Alexa's in cars now. So imagine a skill where, you know, they can just, you know, people while they're driving can just ask instead of opening up ways right. or opening up 
Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever, and ju- they can just talk about you know where where's the where's the nearest you know um, convenience store, where's the nearest gas station. Um, and, and you the- see what makes me excited about car, yeah, because we've had that right. Yeah, I had that on my phone ten years ago. What's different is this is not an app. You're not running your phone in the car. The car just becomes another way for you to talk to the AI in your life that you already have an existing relationship for with. So therefore, that AI is connected to everything else. So in the case of like exam, uh, example with Alexa, like when we're driving back from the airport on vacation, I in my car, I have a little Garmin speak. This is just a little Alexa device. I've had it for years. And I'll just say, Alexa, um, set home to 70 degrees, right? Mm-hmm. And then that hits my thermostat and home. Um, you know, I could say, you know, show me the front door and you'll see if there's any packages there, right? If I'm on the screen. So it's, it's everything is connected and integrated. So it's not just the scenario of, because I don't think people, you always see it in the commercials. I don't think people get in the car and then ask the car where to go eat. Because it's yeah. such a conversation, for, especially my family. What do you feel like? Right, You have that beforehand. Yeah. Um, but what, like, here's a super cool scenario in the car. I think this is going to be huge. So when I'm driving a lot, you go, I go through pod, tons of podcasts and audiobooks, which you could just ask for, right? And it works really well. But what I've also found is you could play games. And it's a perfect scenario. Like I'm a big gamer at home, so I'm on console and big screen or PC. Um, but like in the car, the types of games that you were playing – can also be family oriented. So you can be playing Jeopardy or you can be even like I was, uh, I was playing Skyrim in the car and there's just enough brain power. Like you're watching the road, but it also, because there are, there's a point, like if I got a seven hour drive, like to get to like Philly to Pittsburgh is long. People don't realize how far yeah. Pennsylvania is. <laughs> um, you may, you may, and the types of podcasts and audiobooks I listen to are very cerebral sometimes. So it's like your brain gets to a point where it's like, all right, silence, music, or I want a game, right? Like you just need to detach. And so I found that uh, impactful as well. But none of that existed. Like how are you going to play an app game before? Yeah. We, we never had that, right? And so this is all of those skills are still there, all of the integrated content and media that you have, and then all of the rest of the integration across all the tech in your life, you now have that in the car, which I think makes it super powerful. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point in that it's all, it can all be integrated into everything else that you're doing. It's not just the voice experience, it's the entire experience. So thinking about something like wanting to order something uh, through like a custom software application, I think of like a B2B scenario where we have a, a pharmacy down in Florida that we work with and we built their, uh, their, system for their uh, offices, their veterinary pharmacist and their uh, veterinary offices order prescriptions for their clients. And so like a real ordering system where it's just getting businesses to understand that like you can have a vet tech walk by, reorder something. and And it's not just, it's not just with Alexa. It's also integrated into that software application. They're getting the email, they're getting the validation that it's actually there. And so I think like, for someone like you, I mean, um, it's it's interesting to get your perspective on just the like boots on the ground, like simple stuff that I, I don't know that people understand that it's it's more it's more than a device that plays your music. It's more than a device that can order you a product, but it's an integrated experience. Like you talk about playing games, um, all all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I wanted to ask you about uh, this. Kind of leads perfectly into my question. So 
Yeah. Uh, I've, I've read some stuff about like Mark Cuban saying that if he were to start a business now, it would be a Google home action or an Alexa skill. Now is he, now in your opinion, is, is a business, can an Alexa skill or a Google home action or whatever, and maybe you can help our listeners understand the difference. Um, can that be a business or right now, is it an extension of or integrated into a pre, to a pre-existing product or, or service-based business? What's your take on that? Um, you know, I would say, I hate giving this answer, it depends, but it really does. Because that's like asking me in uh, 95, could I make a business on the web, right? And my answer would be, well, what are you selling? Because, right, even Jeff said, you know, I started with books because that's what people were willing to buy. Yeah. Uh, through the internet, right? And so, what's your customer base like? Um, we certainly have APIs for it. And let me give you some interesting scenarios. And so, one, you can use your existing uh, retail system. So, we have something called account linking. So, that's like how Domino's works, right? Is that I already have a Domino's account. I'm already logged in. I just say it, and they're charging through their own system, right? Another way is Amazon Pay integration. Um, so if you've ever done Amazon Pay, and you see that with small businesses selling things online, a customer logs in with their Amazon account, and they see the Amazon um, login screen and all that. So you can do that, and then everything's already set up through Amazon, all of the payments and things like that. What's interesting about that is meeting your customer in the moment is super important there. So like, let's say I have a podcast, and we're talking about running shoes, and I could on my podcast say, would you like to buy these running shoes right now for 50% off on Amazon? And what do I have to do as a customer? I just have to say yes. Yeah. Right? That's, and it's already, it's already linked up. It's super fast. I mean, you could do things that way. There's the whole model. The mobile model is kind of crossed over into Alexa 2, that whole 70-30 split. So there is some of that, like if you're going to do an in-skill purchase, which people are used to. Mm -hmm. um, so like if you have a game and you want to do power-ups, uh, Jeopardy does this so you can get more turns, those type of, that type of stuff's available as well. Um, but I think for most people, especially a small business, um, it's about really, it's about knowing your customer. Like, let me give you an example of this because if, let's say you're a type of small business where your clientele happens to be, uh, an age that skews higher. And so maybe in the past, that you weren't able to do fulfill a lot of web or mobile orders just because of the tech barrier. So you wind up having to support all of these calls and maybe you have a huge volume of calls and it's this huge cost center for your business. When in fact, if they could just talk to you and order stuff, that would completely solve it. Right? So that, in that scenario, that's a moneymaker right there for that type of business as well. Right? Um, and so it, it, again, it's know your customer, like all things. And, um, What's really interesting about this is you get to know your customer more. So we give like free analytics, like stuff called interactive path analysis, you know, IPAs and stuff like that. So like even um, one of the first little skills I did just to like show people was a Dungeons and Dragons roll dice roller. And so what's super interesting, what do you think happens when you put a D&D &D dice roll? So you could say roll a 20 side or roll a six, whatever. If they've never used it before. So this is what the IPA showed me. Um, if they've, if they've used it, the skill before, they say, you know, roll a d20 and it's done. But if they've never used it before, they get the message of the type of die that they can roll and they roll it. And then 90, it's like 98% of people, you know what they do? They roll again. And so that's, 
I, I have hard data on that and I get to see that and I can pull it up at any time. And so it's people in the moment when they're doing that, to me, that means they're experimenting, right? They want to see what it's like. And I'm going to go ahead and, and just roll all these different dies because you know, it feels cool too to roll a die. You hear the sound and it's me with my dice on my desk. Uh, and it's a free skill, you know, so it's not like it's anything they had to purchase. But um, that I think is interesting because what happens is when the beginning it becomes exploration, but once you've used it, it becomes utility. And so that becomes my go-to, much like saying, you know, turn the home to 70 degrees or play this piece of music. You just, you know what you can do and how quick you can do it. And so that's what I advise people now is to start figuring that out, man. Like if your customers wanted to ask you anything, like where do they want? Because right now all the data you have is from what they were given. So it's, right. you know, it's that you know the top three things all customers do daily uh, in my mobile app is this, and it's like yeah, that's probably not what they wanted to do. It's what they were given, and that's what they're winding up doing. And you don't want that. You always want to be listening to them and making it better. So that I think in and of itself is worth doing stuff for now. And then you know it's it's you you start to figure that over time. Even customer retention is good because if you have a customer that is using these types of devices. And they can just reorder stuff or they can get stuff from you even quicker, right? You always retain customers if, if you're providing a quality product, but you're also doing it very quickly. Yeah. You know? That's so, why I started doing mobile banking, by the way, with a certain bank. And some people are like this. Like years ago, I switched to a different bank because they had a better mobile app. It was faster. Yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. And I, I just want to ask a question just to clarify this for our listeners, because obviously we're all about the data at data driven design. So we like to understand, we like to make decisions based on data, but you make a good point. And we, we live in Google analytics. We live in a lot of other analytics platforms to let data drive the next action. But your point being, if the platform has only given users a finite amount of options, of course the data is going to be somewhere within those options versus the data that you yeah. can get, you just get, a, you know, the user to have a conversation with you, which is really powerful stuff. So the That's question, the problem with uh, measuring, right? We only measure what's easy to measure. Yeah, yeah. So, so say we were to build a skill, can, we, can any business, you know, obviously with a developer who, who you know, is, is a solid developer, can any business build a skill um, that will literally just aggregate the data of what the user is asking within the experience? Like, is that... Is that what you're saying or are you saying something a little bit different than that? What I'm saying is understand how an actual human being would navigate a conversation that you've defined. Okay. Because, I mean, you've built a skill, you know, without getting too developer-y, like, uh, as, you know, as building things, you never hear people, um, you know, that Alexa is the one that hears an Amazon customer. That's never shared. Basically, what you get as a developer is think of it like this. Um, this is the best non-techie version, I would say, is that you have a contract for conversation. And that, that conversational contract says stuff like this. I can answer questions about heart rates, and I can answer questions about shoe sizes and all that. And the only thing Alexa does is she'll go to you and say, I have a question about shoe size. Right? You never asked. You, you never know how that person asked for it or anything. That, that's where all the magic is happening is Alexa – Think of it as a way, to, and, and she tries to be as accurate as possible. And that's where the real skill, no pun intended, comes into building these skills is uh, making that accuracy very high so that no matter how they ask for things, it gets to what they want. Yep. And that's basically what's happening. And so you define, let's say you defined 100, 100 of these different things it could do. That's where it gets really interesting, though, 
um, because let's say the person didn't know those hundred things, none of them helped my question. You'll see that that fell off. And so then you're like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I should start asking customers this didn't help, you know, what, what might help. And so it's a, you, you learn over time and you know that you're answering most of the stuff in a specific process when you don't see that fall off. Cool. So the thing that intrigues me the most, I think right now is Alexa for business. And I think the reason why is because um, I think that everyone in, in business right now, whether they own a business or whether they're a marketer or developer or what operations person or whatever, whatever role they have. And regardless of how long, how long ex experience they have in their industry, I think everybody, and this just might be my opinion, but it seems to me that most people think of Alexa that I talk to and interact with as like a B to C, like they, they, ha they might have one in their home and they're using it as, they might be using it for entertainment or for the blueprint stuff that you talked about, which seems awesome. I don't want my kids doing one to make fun of me, but uh, the make fun of dad thing's kind of a funny idea. But what I'm getting at is Alexa for business is intriguing to me because I envision, and the skill that we built is one, that allows marketers or business owners or whoever to just ask Alexa how their web traffic is doing rather than have to log into their analytics platform. And so we're just- Oh yeah. So Alexa for business seems to have things that are super practical like the ability to set up a conference room or schedule a conference room. Um, can you talk about, I guess, what Alexa for business is now and sort of what, what is the goal for Alexa for business in the long term? Is it a B2B? Is it a way for businesses to build, like for developers like us to build skills that help other businesses just be more productive? Is it a way for businesses to use pre-existing things that Amazon has built or already hooked up through blueprints or is it, is it all of the above? I'm just super intrigued by Alexa for business. Yeah, I, I, this is how I would unpack it. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. Alexa was a consumer product. Um, you know, you could get Alexa in all sorts of different things. Echo just happens to be a hardware from Amazon that has Alexa in it. Uh, and we quickly heard from customers, hey, uh, you know, it reminds me of the um, bringing computers, PCs in the back door in large enterprises back in the day because the mainframes were taking too long, right? And then we started all bring our own laptops and then our own phones. And, and so we would hear that all the time of hey, this is great, like I'm bringing my Echo from home. So what happens when, when, that, when you're an enterprise and that's going on? You need a way to manage that, right? And so Alexa for business, that's really where that came out. So don't confuse that with business skills because there are categories for that. Like what you talked about, you can make a KPI and, and um, you know, show specific things for skills. But let's say you only want it, for it to be an internal skill available for your company then that's where an Alexa for Business comes in because you can enroll users in that. And what's great about that is um, once I'm enrolled, it also works on my consumer device. And so if I'm using the same kind of email, so let's say I'm at home, I'm getting my coffee in the morning before I go to work, I can ask for the KPI about the, you know, the sales data for the Mid-Atlantic State District or something, and it's literally my echo while I'm doing that, you know. Um, and it really came about one, it, it's funny, two ways. One, we were just seeing a lot of that and customers were saying we need a way to manage and deploy and do all of that and group things and look at specific rooms. And so Alexa for Business does all of that. But the other thing is like we were sitting around in Seattle and you know what it's, you know how many years have probably been wasted in, in companies of trying to add somebody to a meeting 
<laughs> or a dial-in number. So it's, you know, Amazon's no different. We're all sitting around and we're like, why can't Alexa start the meeting? And then we're like, why can't she, you know? And so that's where really this came about. So there's integration with Chime. Uh, you'll see a lot of different companies like Polycom has straight integration into conference systems. And so what's great about that is you, I could say, Alexa, add Paul to the meeting and she'll, she'll realize that we were interacting, who you are, she'll, she'll realize what devices you're available on, you know. It integrates with all, all the Microsoft stuff and the Google, all the calendaring suites that you may use in an enterprise environment and figures it out. Um, and then you can, you know, you could be like start the, start the projector, all, all of those kind of stuff. And then there's integration with scale. So think about it, you could be like, Alexa, you know, tell the help desk that the, uh, the Wi-Fi is not working. Well, I, you wouldn't be able to talk without the Wi-Fi, but you know what I mean, like the projector needs a new cable or something. But um, that becomes very powerful too. Um, and so that's really, you'll see Alexa for Business. It's part of the, it's part of, and it's an AWS service, by the way. So you could, you could check all that about AWS and you see it in the same console and all that, which most enterprises are familiar with using Amazon Web Services. So it becomes a very um, familiar product there. Very nice. That's, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, well, I really, really appreciate your time. So this whole thing got started because uh, Data Driven Design is hosting what I believe is the first ever voice conference in Nashville, Nashville Voice Conference. And I emailed you um, to see if you were available and uh, you were already booked. Um, yes. But you're so nice to reply and, and say, is there anything I'll else to, to help you out? Um, so I'm wondering, uh, what I would like to do is just kind of take a second and see, um, if you have anything for the attendees of the Nashville voice conference that if you were, if you were here today, I'm going to speak, I'm going to yeah. speak now because we're going to play this at the Nashville voice conference. Yeah, I would say, this is what I would say. What if I told you that you could meet your customer in the moment? where they are on their own terms every day. That's really what this is all about. It's not another technology that's going to get in the way. It's not something that you're going to have to invest a lot of technical support in. It's allowing human beings to actually talk the way that we talk, think the way that we think, and the technology does what it's supposed to do, right? It gets out of the way and it just enables better connections better types of interactions that we all have together. That's awesome, Dave. And, uh, and I will vouch for the fact that like, I think people just need to try it. I think it's easier than they think it is to use, not only from a, not talking just from a user of the, of the Echo or any other Alexa enabled device perspective, but from the trying to build a blueprint, like you said, I mean, trying to, and then, and if you're a small business owner or, member of a small marketing team and you don't understand how or maybe you don't trust that a developer can help you with building an alexa skill or maybe you don't think it'd be worth the investment i would try to build a blueprint skill first right because you can do that oh yeah and one, uh, one of my favorites in the blueprints we now have a uh, like integration with wordpress and so like if you've got information you could you could tie it onto an rss feed so it's like stuff you already have out there yeah. um you know and, and again the tech tech's getting out of the way and it's just enabling now people to talk with you. Yeah. And building a flash briefing is like super, yeah. you know, super simple. Uh, I mean, it's just, you just got to try it and, and it's worth your time. Um, well, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Um, You're welcome. And uh, if there's any way that you are available 
in the future, I would love to try to hook up with you to do something together. There's the only other thing I have right now that would make sense would be we've got um, Data Driven Designs presenting at uh, Nashville Design Week. Uh, it's November 4th through the 9th. And uh, the topic we've chosen that, that the Design Week people are really excited about is uh, designing for voice. So it's um, awesome. So yeah, yeah. Keep, me, keep me updated. I'd love to hear how it goes. Okay, will do. Awesome. Thanks again, Dave. Good talking to you.